church, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. In Jeff's hug, he told me what time it was, so I got to make sure I do a great job there. Bro, amen, I love you, but it's 9.55, bro. So, I'm like, okay, awesome. No, but it's really great to be here, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity. I want to personally thank the elders um, uh, and the leadership group and uh, Tom and Jeff and all the brothers who've poured in. Um, certainly, I'm really grateful for this time. It's, it, I didn't think I'd be at this spot, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I just, I just came to serve, and of course, my brother from another mother, Bob Keen, is just, man, he is, I love you, bro. I mean, you're just a, a kindred spirit in a lot of ways, man. You're just an amazing uh, man of God along with all the other brothers. Certainly want to thank Lynn. I love, love, uh, she's been an inspiration as well, Dr. Mark. So many others, uh, brothers in the fellowship, uh, Mike Eldred, Carl Lynn, uh, just so many guys who just uh, have been an inspiration on so many le- different levels. Sherwin and Chase, I mean, you guys, I can go on and on. I just, I'm so grateful uh, for the opportunity. Um, and I just hope this gives those of you who've been around a while a vision for how faithful God is. I mean, I just hope that that is the case. I mean, you know, a lot of times a, a church of a thousand in a, in a county of 786,000 people is not that large. So there's a lot of work to do. You follow me? There's a lot of work to do. All of us are valuable. All of us have gifts, and God can use us in amazing ways. Uh, I want to share with you just very quickly a few thoughts I have out of Ephesians 5. The lesson today, the title is Be Imitators of God. Be Imitators of God. Now here in Ephesians 5, Paul is talking, specifically if you have the NIV, it says uh, be a follower of God. It says uh, follow God's example. But the Holman translation says be imitators of God. And so the, the great thing about Paul that was always amazing, he was an amazing guy from the standpoint of being able to communicate difficult lessons, difficult things that were going on in the church in a gracious way. And so when I came to North River three years ago as a tent maker, uh, that was my goal. I didn't tell the brothers. So when Tom and Jeff came to me and said, hey, listen, uh, in the Dunkin' Donuts, uh, a place that I should not be at, right? And and I've eaten a few donuts. Now I've shifted to Krispy Kreme. You know, I didn't get this way because my metabolism slowed down. There's some other issues, amen? So I'm just trying trying to work through that, okay, as we go. But there are some other issues. It's not just the metabolism, okay? But we'll talk, we'll talk later about that, okay? But um, really, I didn't share with anyone my goal was to be a tent maker. I didn't say it to anyone, not my wife, not the brothers, anyone. I felt like the only way to get back into the ministry and really serve was to do the work, to do the work. I didn't ask to preach. I didn't ask to preach anything. I didn't ask to lead anything. I didn't ask to do anything. I asked for nothing. I just wanted to serve God and his people. I was just grateful to be here. You know, we had gone through some really difficult times with our, with our children and health and on and on. It was just a really challenging time. So we just wanted to kind of get back into the ministry and serve God wholeheartedly. And as I looked at Ephesians 5, Tom says, hey, Kendall, we're going to do this on Sunday, July, June 30th. He said, bro, it'd be great if you can talk about idolatry, greed, and purity. I'm like, really? The first time? I'm like, Wow. <laughs> that? And so I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Amen. So it's taken me a while to kind of chew on this and understand what's going on. And I really looked at this passage and there's a tremendous crescendo at the end of it as Paul is addressing some major issues. So the title of the message is be imitators 
of God. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. There it is, okay? Imitators of God as dearly loved children. So what did that mean, okay? In Genesis, it talks about we are in the image of God. We're created in the image of God. So whenever you're trying to get back on track spiritually, you've got to go back to the source and say, what do I look like before God, not before the leaders or before the church? How do I appear before God? How does God feel about me? What did he do for me uh, on my behalf? Okay, what did he do? What did it say here? Okay, therefore, as dearly loved children, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So there it is. Jesus' sacrifice for us, the blood that was shed, the life that was laid down for us. Okay, so walk in the walk like Jesus walked. Love. Love is not an emotion. A lot of times when we're doing poorly spiritually, we become very fragile emotionally. That's where it gets us the most. We become very fragile. I realize, man, I was just, I'm in a passionate emotional God, filled with energy, but my emotions was taking off my view of how God saw me and also my personal walk with him. First Corinthians 13, verses four to seven, what does it say? Love is patient. Basically, love is kind. Love is a decision that we have to make every day to follow Jesus. It's a decision. It's not a feeling. Now, there are a lot of things in this life that really distract us, and it's really interesting. Ephesus was similar to Atlanta in a lot of ways. With all the things that are going on in a secular way, we have access to so much stuff. A lot of it good, a lot of it not so good. And so he goes on here, and he says, among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. So here's the interesting thing. He's saying you're not doing well spiritually right now. Okay, but you are a holy person of God. You have been set apart because of the blood of Jesus. Okay, so the first thing, the first point is we need to be aware. We need to be aware, aware of the things that can slow us down spiritually. We need to be aware. In this case, it was sexual morality, it was impurity, it was greed, it was lust, it was things that they were doing that was just not righteous at that time. Okay, now here's the thing just like here in Atlanta, Access to immorality, access to impure thoughts are more prevalent than we give it credit for. And that can slow us down. That can do a lot of damage to us spiritually. It's not sexually immoral stuff only. It's not impure stuff only. It doesn't have all to do with pornography and those types of things. Any type of impure motive can slow us down and separate us from our mission from God. Anything, any impure motive. And what I started to realize is I started to return back after 25 years as a Christian, started to slowly go back to the world, slowly go back to impurity. Not only impurity, whether it's sexually, but impurity in terms of motives. I want to make a lot of money. I'm a mortgage banker. Man, I see people buying these big houses. I want to do that too. I want this to happen. And greed, man, I started to get really greedy financially. You know, I made some really dumb decisions that really set our family back for years. Buying cars, buying another car, financing the car, sending my kids to private school on top of that. I mean, I went on a binge of just unrighteous behavior. 
a binge. I mean, just went off. I mean, I, okay, I don't do drugs. I don't do this. But it was a binge of other things that disrupted my relationship with God and disrupted and put my, my family in unnecessary harm spiritually because of my choices. That was sobering. Not as somebody who was lost, but as a Christian. As a Christian, as a follower and disciple of Jesus. The temptations now, here's the web. Here's the web. You make those dumb decisions. Now you want to cheat on your taxes. So now you owe the IRS money. Okay? Or you pull out money from a 401k before you're retired. Now you owe the IRS money. Or you have to give the car back. Now you owe another guy money. Now your credit's shot. So your money that you borrow is more expensive than everybody else's money. And you get into that web. So it's taken seven years to fix that because of impure decisions. Impure decisions. As a Christian, as an appointed evangelist of Jesus and his church. Amen. So I don't know about you, it's not just impurity of what we think is common, it's all of our motives. I think for some of us, you know, what God has really helped me to do, he's helped me to unhitch the wagon. You know what that means? You know, you talk about it in sports, and I promise, Bob, I'm not going to use much of a sports analogy, but I'm going to use this one, Bob, so hang in there, bro, amen? Okay? So we tell our players, guys, unhitch the wagon. Take the wagon off that's burying you and holding you down. Let it go and move forward. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, brothers and sisters, look, look. You need to let go, nor should it be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which, are out of, uh, uh, which, are, which, which basically are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such an, a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words because of these things, such things. God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Here he goes again. For you were once what? Darkness, right? But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. So what do I have to do? I've got to be in the light, right? How do I do that? I confess the sin that I've made. I'm transparent. Be in the light. I'm transparent, James 5, 16. To be imitators of God, we've got to be aware, but we've got to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light right? We've got to make sure that we're open with our lives. It's not easy. That's not easy to do. You've got to have somebody evaluate all facets of your life, all your motives, all your thoughts. That's why the body of Christ is so important. Here's what I realized that was happening to me prior to my North River days. And I really, it took me three years to get to this spot spiritually because I really had to start talking about what was going on in my life. I had to be so open and so candid and so vulnerable. Hey, bro, this is what's happening. Okay, I've made some mistakes here. I've made some mistakes here. And Bob's been so gracious. I've made some mistakes in my parenting. You know, you can get ashamed and you cannot bring those things forward. And then we just suffer spiritually, but we're in the body, but we're not of the body because we're not being open about what's really going on. We can come to church and sing and be fired up or appear fired up, but there's so much going on in our lives that it hinders us spiritually. And this had been going on for years with me. For years, I was embarrassed by some of the decisions that I made. It was embarrassing. It's like, wow, I'm supposed to be an evangelist. I've led churches. This is embarrassing. But no, 
I made the decision. You know what, God? We're going to be open about this. We're going to get this in the light. I used to walk in darkness. We're going to talk about this. I remember there was a time I was out with a brother, and uh, it was incredible. It was just amazing. He, he just, it was great to be out with young Christians, okay? This brother, I'm going to call him out here, Dwayne McNeely. We pray every Friday morning between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. We've been doing it for the last year and change. When we had the old building over there, sort of the, uh, what was that, Black Box Center over there, we were in, a, in, in sort of a meeting, and James just says, hey, bro, I mean, Dwayne just says, hey, brother, listen, I want to get to know you. I want to spend time with you. I said, great, young Christian. I'm 25 years old as a disciple. He's like, hey, great, man, I'd love to get to know you. So one day we're out having brunch with someone, okay, and he's helping me. And he says, bro, can I talk to you a second? He says, bro, your eyes were not stable when you were at that table. I said, what do you mean? Bro, that woman that walked by, you just kept going back and forth. I said, bro, you're right, okay? Amen, you're right. But it was so good that that has helped our relationship. Now we can talk about anything. We can talk about anything. We can share so many different things on so many levels because we have that kind of relationship. If you do a study on greed and impurity, it is so prevalent throughout the first century church and throughout the Bible, it's alarming. There's so much that God is dealing with and addressing our motives and really helping us to see that, look, I want to use you, but here are the things that can distract you. Here are the things that can pull you back. Here are the things that I need you to get a check on and get a handle on. So I want to encourage us, how open are we in our relationships? How much are we talking about all the motives? I'm in a situation right now that I'm working through with a Christian, okay, and he's trying to do a transaction. We're trying to do a transaction together, and I've got to evaluate whether it's gray or not. We don't do gray in the mortgage business. It's either you do it right or you do it wrong. And I've got to evaluate it. And it may be a conversation I need to have with this brother and say, look, bro, I'm not sure we may be able to do this the way you want to do it, okay? But gray does not exist in the scriptures. It's either right with God or not right with God. But I want to tell you, when you find yourself in a lull and you're not doing well spiritually, there's something else that's holding your wagon back. There's something that we're not being open about. There's something that we can change and grow in or be open about that can really help us to get to the next level spiritually. And I really appreciate Tom's vulnerability. Tom Brown is one of the most open evangelists, and Jeff, two of the most open people that I've ever seen from the pulpit about who they are, who they would be, and who they would be without Jesus. It's inspiring. I think that's worthy of imitation. Do you? I think that's something that we should be doing. I think that's an area that we need to grow in because I think a lot of times, you know, in our walk with God over the years, we get dull to that. We get dull to consistent transparency. That's why it's so great having a great relationship with Dwayne because he's helping me stay sharp every week, bro. How's it going? What we're into? What's going on? Hey, man, how we doing? What's going on? Every week, there's something that comes up and every week we can address it and every week we're interconnected every single week constantly, all the time. Nothing is off limits. Everything. 
Everything. When I say everything, everything. What about you? Paul's trying to help the Christians here. He's like, listen, guys, be open about what's going on. Be open. You know, make sure you're transparent in what you do. Walk in the light as he's in the light. Ephesians 5, verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why I said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Do not be get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be, be filled. Be careful to be filled with the Spirit. Sherwin and Chase do a great job helping us get there. I wanted them to sing deeper, man, to see God's power, the vertical worship we have, because we get to be filled with his Holy Spirit. We get to sing and glorify God through songs, hymns, just like we would in heaven. Just like we would in heaven. Look at what Paul says, this crescendo. I know you struggle with these things. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard, but you still have the Holy Spirit. You still have it. You're filled with it. Connect to it. Man, when I come in, it's like the Super Bowl, another sports analogy. It's the Super Bowl on Sundays. You get to sing deeper with my brothers and sisters, and the angels are right there with us too. Wow. Doesn't get much better than that, folks. Doesn't get much better than that. How do you feel about that on 9 o'clock on Sunday morning? It is awesome to sing that song. To be rekindled from fire above. <laughs> Hallelujah, find the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Right? It's great to be able to sing that stuff. It's awesome. But there's a crescendo. Paul's trying to help the Christians not to be weighted down by life struggles. Along the way, he's reminding them of who they are and what they once were. Walk in the light. Be careful. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't partner with them. Yeah, your motives can get messed up sometimes. Yeah, you can get off. Yeah, you can watch something you're not supposed to watch. So what? Big deal. Repent. Jesus is Lord. We're all going to get to heaven. When we all get to heaven. That's, I'm going to get Larry up here to sing that one there. Right? So that's awesome. But I'm just wanting to encourage us. Wake up. Wake up, sleeper. And Christ will shine on you. Wake up. Wake up. It doesn't matter if you're 10, 15. Well, 15, you can't, can't be a disciple of 10 years old. That's false doctrine. But, you know, it's, just, it's a matter of whenever you turn, become a disciple. Whether you're 80 years old, we're being renewed day by day. That's what the Bible says. Right? Caleb, those guys were fighting. Moses, those guys were fighting. It doesn't matter our age. God has a plan for us. As long as we're imitators of him, if we do it on our own, we can't do it. But if we're imitators of God, if we're careful, okay, very careful of what we take in and what we see, we can make it. 
We've got to be in the light. We've got to get stuff exposed. We've got to confess the littlest of sins, the temptations that can trigger you. I know what can trigger me. Be aware of those things. Be careful. Be careful. Guard your heart is the wellspring of life. And be filled with the Spirit. When we come here on Sundays, it should be a biblical crescendo because we're with our brothers and sisters, men and women, we're going to be in heaven with. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen.